Hello, my wanderers. Before we get going with this episode of the podcast, I do just want to remind you guys to check out our other social medias, the YouTube, the Instagram, the Teespring to get that swag. Make sure to check us out individually. Zach Gray of Quartz Lake, Zach Gray, the Rougarou. Make sure you check out myself, Reverend Marcus, all that fun stuff. The links are below in the bio. Um, all you got to do is click that bio, look for it, and boom, you're on your way. Make sure if you guys want to be part of the podcast or questions to be heard on the podcast, email us at wanderingwayspodcast at gmail.com or quartzlakeproductions at gmail.com. We love the feedback. We love the input. All of it is amazing, and we love you guys for listening. It's awesome. So let's keep wandering on. And we're driving the road along the South Rim, and I just caught a glance of the canyon, and I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> we're pulling off <laughs> next one, because that is amazing. spill all over the computer what are you drinking an amf gatorade filled it up to the brim and you know walked up the stairs with it didn't spill just cheers to you didn't spill so i'm pretty proud of myself right now i think i'm more amazed that you put gatorade in a glass more than anything man i kind of looked apart we're cheersing you know? I'm not I get that, but like who puts gatorade in a glass <laughs> me dude what's uh what's the flavor Oh, was that light blue? The glacier rush. There you go. No, no, no. Don't ever trust anybody that says the actual flavor. You call that shit light blue, dark blue. What kind of Gatorade that? Oh no, that's the purple Gatorade. <laughs> oh, see, it's this is that glacier rush that. No, you don't know. No, the don't. best kind of Gatorade is the light blue, hands down. No purple. I'm sorry. Purple purple man you're you are talking to a guy that makes gatorade literally gets paid to make gatorade for games we get packets right i first make the best gatorade out there but two i know my fucking gatorade oh i think you get it you're we're gonna put you in mute timeout because you just dog on the number one gatorade the light blue gatorade purple you're going national park, national park. You know, you're driving 14 hours straight. What are you drinking in between? Light blue Gatorade going back and forth. Purple. <laughs> if, if I'm getting Gatorade, I don't, I don't buy Gatorade. If it's just for drinking, uh, like for casual. Uh, I'm a body armor guy, but. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Let's get into that. No, I'm just kidding. It's, better. it's just better. It's just way oh. better. Oh, that's funny. So what have you been up to, my man? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Got got to see our good old friend Matt Buddy this I weekend. Know. That was and exciting. I went on a little hike. Yeah. So, oh, it was solid. We went to uh, the gorge, the Columbia Gorge. Beautiful, uh, beautiful. It's called Angels Rest. Um, it's not far from Portland, but uh, so we got up. Um, thought we were gonna get rained on. Didn't get any rain. It was incredible. It was windy as hell. And then uh, it was kind of like, 
you know how sometimes when the sun's shining through but it still has that like fear of rain kind of feel to it but it's pretty clear that's the view we got and it was uh it was it was pleasant very very pleasant good i'm glad you you got to experience a good old trip with him he's always a good time um, and then we uh, we stopped at his go-to uh smoked salmon spot gosh i love that going to i forget what what right on the columbia river what it's called but yeah he, cascade like, locks right by the bridge of the gods exactly he gets his uh native owned native done traditional smoked salmon um it's he, there all, all the time points it out he pointed out the one down in uh in your area when you were living in northern california in your rock he always pointed that one out and yeah he has his <laughs> places <laughs> he does he does have his places those are great oh, uh honestly it wasn't bad we 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 stopped we got a piece you know and it wasn't bad smoked salmon so again can't dog him on it it's like it's it's pretty oh, good matt knows his meats man he he will go to the end of beef jerky road to tell you which one's the best and i love that that's his snack of contribution sometimes is the beef jerky element <laughs> he always always has beef jerky exactly always. but you know popular belief the bigfoot hunters bigfoot likes big jerky too just look at jack's links <laughs> you know matt might be on something <laughs> oh this is good, good yeah man what'd you do this weekend what'd you what were you up to oh man i uh i didn't really do much this weekend but last week i was able to get out go exploring uh, we went down to prior me and my cousin jared uh he had to run an errand down there and uh get some stuff and we stopped on the road we we were, we were driving and hit these back roads just south of billings uh going down to the crow reservation and we were sitting there uh driving talking having a good time and we noticed we started noticing all these dead porcupines on the side of the road how like many when you say like notice all of these how many there's like four there's like on, on this like 17 mile stretch of road that we drove probably saw about four of them they're all kind of in this like creek area canyon kind of thing and um, there's a story that our dads and our grandpa always told us. And I think, I think it's one of those stories that uh, like our dads told it to us because they're like, my grandpa told it to them, not necessarily that it's their story that they did. You know, I think it was, I think it's one of those. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, my grandpa, cause he had all these odd jobs working on the reservation and whatnot. And he would, uh, he would get uh, like, like, door screens or just different kind of like mesh material or clothes and towels and they'd go up to porcupines and uh throw the towel on them you know and the porcupine would shoot its quills right into the into the towel and then they would use the the quills for beating um and dye them different colors you'll see like beautiful native american chest plates and earrings and uh, a lot of stuff from the you know in the plains natives um design and culture you'll see a lot of porcupine needles and we were talking about it and we're like you know we want to know how it was done so on our way back we we pulled over on the side of the road and just got out he had these like two t-shirts in the back of his car and got out and we walked over to this porcupine and uh he kind of balled it up in his hand and just kind of 
whacked the tail of the porcupine and the quills stuck right in, probably got a good 50, 60 quills. And yeah, he got quite a bit and we just talked about it. And it was, yeah, he got them. Huh. <laughs> That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. No, and I, I got one in my car um, up above. I, I put one in because I was like, oh, I think it would be cool to show people, you know, if you're ever in the Rougarou, you know, want to check it out. But what you do is you cut the tips because the tips are like barbs. Yeah. Um, so they go in. It's really hard. It's, it's a bitch to pull it out. And, um, you know, you, you can feel it you know, on your fingers and stuff. It kind of grabs if you just are playing around with it. And it, it hurts. Um, you know, my dog got it in his nose one time. And, you know, I had to sit there with pliers and hold that dog and yeah, take the pliers right in and just rip them out. And, you know, that dog's crying and in pain. And you're just like, I don't want to hurt you, but let me get those out of your face so you're not hurting anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, porcupines are kind of cool. You forget they're out here and then you see them every once in a while. And you're like, oh shit, yeah, like look at them go. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But it was kind of crazy. It's not yeah, a lot of wildlife. It's kind of really cool. That, uh, yeah. You did that. Well, and it's really right on your way to like Chief Plenicu State Park here in Montana. And he, uh, he was a crow guy who basically said, if we don't educate ourselves, there's no way we'll ever defeat the white man. So he was really all about getting educated, doing stuff like that. He he donated his house to uh, the, the state parks of Montana when he died. Like he was part of his wish to do that. And it is a state park. You can go there and there's tours and whatnot and see the original house he, he lived in. And it's kind of interesting is he had his teepee outside the house and slept in it till he was about, I forget how old he was, but late late like he lived outside in his teepee and then would come inside and do that and it was really interesting um cool museum um definitely one of those hidden gems in montana because people kind of avoid indian country but if you're into that you're into that side of history there's a really cool museum um prior montana yeah <laughs> we did a buffalo feast and that buddy actually got to come out to that when he's living out here in montana oh really? uh, yeah, they asked me to work because when I was working at Pompey's Pillar, they invited me over and they're like, oh, and what they did is kind of similar to their open pit salmon bakes that you see um, traditionally in the Northwest, but it was kind of a mound, an earthly mound, and the bison was just put inside and they had like hot coals and rocks, heating it up and fire and whatnot. And it was, I mean, it was good bison, good traditional food. Um good speakers everything nice. it was it was a good event um i think they put it on yearly in the fall Ooh, nice yeah. <laughs> that's good for them sounds yeah. like it would be fun that's yeah, just right there kind of right at the base of the bighorns um definitely a place i want to take you out here in montana um people i mean they're they're afraid to go on the reservation they're afraid us indians are going to eat them or something or <laughs> do something crazy but you know there's some cool stuff uh you got the bighorn river which is one of the best fly fishing trout rivers in america going right through the crow res down there um you got bighorn canyon which is a na national recreation area a beautiful canyon you know where we had a fish finder and we were driving at one time and just so deep you couldn't it wasn't even registering the bottom well we went to uh that one battle of uh bighorn out a little bighorn right there yeah right um, on the river yeah that was kind of cool 
Custer's last stand is uh, the losers refer to it as because they've lost. <laughs> I know it as uh, what I call it like bighorn little sheep or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good one right off the side of the road there. And actually, um, yeah, I like, I mean, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> I got some good stuff down there. Um, I'm trying to think what else they have. I mean, you got the Bighorn Mountains, beautiful. Um, definitely one of those drives. I would put that drive up there, driving to the Bighorns. It, it's similar to the Beartooth Pass, but more similar in the sense that when you're on top. I think I think you're in Red Lodge and you're going up the Beartooth Pass to the Beartooth, the, the way you climb the side of the mountain is just breathtaking as is. Yeah. And you don't really get that in the Bighorns in the same manner. Okay. But you're up there in elevation. It's kind of cool going from mountaintop vista to mountaintop vista. Huh. Yeah. Good to know. Definitely worth worth the look. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm ever out that way. I mean, that's that's out there, Montana, man. I know. There's not much. Like, there's even state parks in the eastern part of the state, like Makoshika. And it's just like, that's hundreds of miles that way. And that's the only thing there. There's no yeah. people. There's no, you know, it's like yikes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, and it's a long ways for me. You know, there's so much, there's a lot of stuff uh, that I end up stopping that before, way before I get out that way. <laughs> oh, exactly. So it's, it's nuts. I mean, I mean, the first stop right out of Portland, you can hit uh, that waterfall, Multnomah Falls. Multnomah. Right there. Yeah, I mean, that's where about where Matt and I were. This oh, time. You know, we were just a little bit on uh, closer to Portland from Multnomah. But, oh, nice. uh, but because we ended up going to that Cascade Locks for the smoked salmon, we ended up taking the old Highway 30 which I had actually never, oh, wow. yeah, I'd never really done before. It runs parallel with the freeway right there, but uh, you know, there's ton of ton of waterfalls just along that drive, and so oh, I bet, yeah. And Matt and I were talking. We were. It looks like you know you can follow the highway and all that, you know, but it looks like when it joins back on with the freeway, it keeps going, and it could be like a bike, bike, uh, bike path. And I've been meaning to look it up, haven't, uh, mainly because I forgot about it until this moment. But uh, <laughs> I want to oh. see if I can actually, if because if it's, it's something you can bike, shit, I'm gonna go do it. Oh, do it! That'd be dope. Yeah, no, that would that'd be a cool one. And then uh, there's actually the up in the Olympics, that Lake Crescent. There's a bike trail there. I saw a bunch of bikers when I was up there. I want to go do that on my bike as well. Nice. That sounds like a pretty pretty rad time. Motion's the potion. I mean, you got to enjoy your bike. So, or exactly. bike. you do you do enjoy your biking. I, I enjoy my off roading for Bigfoot. You know, driving up up and down this dirt road, up and down that dirt road, over this hill. You know. Hey, you could look for Bigfoot any kind of way. Exactly. You can go on foot. You can go on scooter. You can go in a car, bike. You know, hot air balloon. Yeah, you can look for Bigfoot. That's the thing, man. I think that's another thing. That's another experience. I think you would like is hot air ballooning. When I was in 
the third grade or fourth, yeah, third grade when we were living in New Mexico in Albuquerque, you have the balloon fiesta every October. Beautiful spectacle. It's the largest gathering of hot air balloons in the world. Matt, the way- we're actually talking about how we want to go see that. Oh, I mean, as a child, like we lived in downtown Albuquerque when I was like, like one to three, like when I was born to three. Mm-hmm. And like I still have memories of like the balloons that would fly over my house. Like I remember my mom getting me one time, like, look, look, there's a balloon outside and going to the balloon fiesta, going to the glow where they do it at night. Um, and then my dad, I don't know, I don't know how this happened. Someone he knew was like, we're we're there, we're at the glow the night before, and they and it was like uh Sunday night and Monday morning, because I had school. We get a like they're like, hey, tomorrow morning. You guys got to, if you want, do you guys want to go up in a balloon? And we're like, yeah, on board. And like, you got to be at like 4 a.m., meet here, do this, do that. You know, we, it was probably like 11 o'clock at night when this happened. So we went home, slept for like two hours. Yeah. Back out there, got up in the balloon. It was, you're just looking over everything. You know, I was a little kid, you know, and you're looking over the basket. You're just in awe. And then just when we landed the thing, the, the basket was too heavy that we just, we hit and tipped and everyone fell over. And it was like, I, I love it. And I like, I've always low key wanted to like own a hot air balloon. Yeah. I mean, shit, I'm sure as like a little kid, it gotta be something else. Cause I don't know if grown up, um, if you ever like in your PE class had those parachutes, you know, where you yeah. like, that's I mean that was legit and that's just like a parachute not okay take that put it up in the air and you got some hot air with a little basket the same type of shit just it would blow my mind as a kid when you're so when you're filling up the balloons right they're flat on the ground yeah you can get up into them as they're blowing up they got these big fans just blowing right up into the into the balloon and you're, you're you could like stand like five of you could stand in there as it's like blowing up and then once it gets like the tip like there's a whole thing and the way they angle those burners and like i have a bunch of like balloon cards they're really cool as like a kid like if you ask you can ask the ballooners for the cards another one is a pin you always ask for the pin those are more uh what ballooners look for and like there's some like very valuable ones um like some that have sold for like thousands of dollars because like it's like they only give it out to like one person that they take up in it a year because there's like special shapes yeah like, like there's these two bees from brazil that they would fly you know they would start on the ground together and then open up with like holding hands and then part and then like oh as the years went on they got like babies and just stuff like that i mean it was cool huh it's i mean like right now you go down there there's so many people that have balloons down there and you wake up because it's an early morning thing because it's the way the desert air is cold in the morning the hot air yeah i mean i remember mornings just waking up and seeing balloons down there i mean it's just the southwest Mm -hmm. albuquerque i loved it i love growing up down there Um, it would be really cool to see the balloons I mean, if you want to plan a trip, let me know. I know all the good places to go. I know all the good food. <laughs> yeah, shoot, maybe. Make it happen. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I love it. But 
This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hydrate or Dihydrate, because we need you to drink water. Water's super important, because if you don't hydrate, you're just going to dihydrate. Enjoy listening. But I think that kind of a good segue, we can wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. And we're going to wander our way over to our rankings. We're going to do something special on today's show. Yeah, it's something, I don't know if you and I have ever really like thought about it, you know, before um, we decided to do this episode. I mean, we have, I know we've had those discussions in the, in the car, you know, those informal discussions where we're saying like, hey, you know, I think Glacier's my favorite. I think Yellowstone's my favorite. I think this is my favorite, you know, and I like this hike. I like that hike. And this is just kind of the place we can have those, uh, those conversations more formal and kind yeah. of document like how we feel based on our experiences, based on what we've done, based on the stories our listeners have heard, you know, kind of saying like, here's how we feel about the North American parks we've been to, you know, here's our top five, here's why they're our top five, you know, you're going to have different rankings than I am, our listeners are going to have different rankings, you know, there could be parks like the Smoky Mountains, um, Big Bend in Texas, all those, you know, where, where we've never been to some of them. I, first off, I think we should actually say what we're going to do. You're explaining it really well. We've never <laughs> actually said what we're going to do yet. Um, no, I'm getting into it. I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah, but, but what we're going to do is we're going to do our top five favorite parks. Uh, we're going to list them off. Uh, this goes off of, you know, a couple, I think it was like two, two episodes ago. So two weeks ago, um, you know, I, we bust out our new segment of like the national park review. We had all of those. So this is kind of stemming off of that. We're using similar criteria and uh, we're going to give you guys our top five favorite parks uh, you know we're gonna start at five because otherwise you got to build the suspense right <laughs> um, but you know so we're, we're gonna go through them um, and like like Zach was saying you know him and I were gonna be different yours are probably gonna be different from us uh, you know there's parks you guys listening probably have gone to that I or him haven't gone to. Um, there's going to be parks that we've gone to that you haven't, you know? So uh, that's kind of why we're doing it. We want to one list it. And so maybe get you guys to go, Hey, I want to go to that park. So I love it. And we're not just sticking to the U.S. This is just North America, you know, because American edition. Yeah, because um, both uh, Zach and I have been to parks in Canada, so we thought it would be fair to throw them in the mix. I and I totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, beautiful places we've been to, um, especially in our neck of the woods. And I think that's kind of being, we're, we're in the Northern US, so we're going to travel, venture into Canada when we get the chance and opportunity to, um, you know. So that's why you're going to hear a lot of the parks in the West, because we're in the West, and the North, because we're in the North. Yeah. The Northwest. 
Pacific Northwest. <laughs> end up, baby. I love it. So that's it, right? Number five. Yeah, you- number five. Uh, I'm going to start this puppy off, right? So number five, coming in at number five for me, the great park of the California Redwoods, the Redwoods National Park. That is my number five. Um, The main reasons for me is it's one of those parks you think is, would be lame and all that, but when you get in it and you're in the thick of the Redwoods, it is something else. There is a magic to it. There is a beauty to it. It puts you in a whole nother world. You know, you, you do feel like you're in Jurassic Park. You're in that scene in Star Wars. You're in all of that. You feel like an ant among giants. You know, it's, it's just, it's a different world it's so cool and it's not your traditional park right um they don't have like the big gate where you have to show your past and all that there's a lot of areas you can go just no problem um and it is also home of my favorite tree of uh you know hyperion the great beautiful hyperion also the tallest tree in the world but um the fact that that's a secret down there like there's just something special about it which is what makes it special to me and at number five (laughs) you know and like you 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 said it you hit on it uh in saying that it's not your traditional part and that's why it doesn't crack my top five because to me the Redwoods, as special as they are, how they are, I think they deserve the respect of being treated more like a park um, than they are already. But I think that's due to the fact of how they grow. So yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, that's my number five Redwoods. You know, uh, my number five, and, I, and we we discussed this beforehand a little bit, kind of talked, and and I, I kind of went back and forth. I was sitting on um, Canyonlands, and the reason I chose Canyonlands is because it has the three different, the way the, the island in the sky is, the way the needles are, the way every, every little aspect of the park is different from one another. And we only saw the island in the sky on our big trip. You know, that's the only time I, only thing of Canyonlands I've heard and I saw. And what we did there, I think being in the Utah desert, being out in the open, um, you know, having to rely on the people around you, um, the, the trail markers kind of being iffy here and there, the fact that you can go off-road in this place and all that I think that like to me it, it really is the wild wild west and I, I, I like that aspect of Canyonlands um, I really would love to spend more time there I'd like to do that 100 mile drive that they have uh, that they oh. offer um, I'd like to do I'd like to do a little bit more of that stuff down there um, and I think that's why it cracks my top five um, just because and then I've, I've heard nothing but great things you know, from everybody that has ever been there. Yeah. I mean, Canyonlands was 
I think, you know, when I went into Canyonlands when we went, because the only time I've ever been was the same trip um, you and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into it, um, I wasn't too excited about it. But when I got there, you know, it, it is breathtaking to see it. Um, you know, you do kind of feel like, was it uh, Mufasa and Simba yeah. when they're talking about like everything the sun touches is ours. You know, you have that kind of feel to it, especially an island of the sky yeah. um, up there, which I mean, it's that's a cool feeling. Um for me why it doesn't crack for like my top five it you know it never really caught me and never really never really had that like oh my gosh moment type deal and, and with my top five each one of these parks i had my like oh my gosh moment you know and i get what you're saying with that and i think i i had it when we were standing on the white whale or the whale. Oh yeah. You know, we climbed up on top of there. And just the way you could see those two mighty rivers forming that island in the sky and the way the whole park was kind of situated around that. That to me and the history and the layers of the rock and the way like you know this place has just like these desert places have had life before and the way they thrived and the way they died and the way they you know thrived again and died again and i think that to me is where i had that moment just because it 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 was breathtaking and i and and to me it's that itch to go back like i like i get that itch of like i want to fucking go back there and that's why it cracks my top five because you know my number one part when we get there it's because i want to go there all the time you know that's why i feel you i feel you that i mean that's a good reason to make it your top five is you want to keep going back right (laughs) yeah exactly what uh what's your uh what's your number four yeah going into number four the exciting um i'm gonna be real like four four down were really tough to pick from um because there were a lot that I could argue could fit in four or five or, you know, mm-hmm. six, like they're very interchangeable. Um, but number four for me is actually north of the border in uh, Banff National Park. And I mean, if you're in nature and or parks, hiking, adventures, all of that, you have probably heard of Banff. You know, it's like, it's like Canada's Yellowstone. Uh, it's well, right outside Alberta or uh, Calgary. Sorry, it's in Alberta. It's outside Calgary. Yeah, um, I, I love it, Banff. I, you know, I'm gonna quit. I'm, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. And it's just our ski trip in high school would go to Banff. Like they, that was one. They went to Banff one year and they went somewhere in Colorado. Like the net, like they did it like every two years, and. I turned down going to Banff because I was like, I'm not a big skier or snowboarder, but there was people who went just to go and go see the sights and see the beauty. And I regret it. Like I regret it. Cause I just was like, yeah, not, not me. Yeah. No, Banff is something else, man. Like the water, that blue you get up there is nuts. It's, 
it is something else and then i mean you are in the mountains like it is mountain great you know the reason that it's only at four for me though is there are a ton of people mm. a ton of people like lake louise lake moraine ton of people like stupids amount and you know we i got lucky when i did it uh it was like the last day in canada for me and i just i told me and the two guys i was with i was like hey i think we can get a good view of i think it's like moraine we just got to keep going up we got to go up 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 so we just picked the trail as like we're gonna get up we're gonna get up we never got that view of the lake never did uh we ended up going away but we ended up going to this pass in this oh my gosh you like sat in this bowl of all these giant peaks there's no there at the time because i think it was too high of too hard of a hike for a lot of people um but it was like oh my god up there well, and i i remember we talked about that that spot on on some of our prior episodes um we show it on the video on on youtube when we when we talk about we walk people through our video that, yeah that, um yeah that i mean breathtaking views from just video yeah no that yeah it is it's crazy and i mean the pass it's literally like 180 degree you're looking out like i think it was north it's gorgeous amazing you do 180 degree and you have again these crazy mountain views you know it was just and, and then the town of banff is kind of cool it's a bit expensive but um it was a it's a cool little town i mean i shit i want to go back 125 percent up there so but you know again it had my oh my gosh moment and shit i want to go back asap so that's no and i i think that's awesome i think i mean hey let's the we could do a canada adventure once the border opens up (laughs) hell yeah yeah. head over to vancouver victoria the vancouver island banff all those places oh yeah no it's definitely canada is a beaut um for my number four i'm going i'm going south i'm going to the southwest i am going to the grand canyon um and and the reason I choose choose this, it, it is the breathtaking views. It is the fact that you walk an hour and you're like, I'm only how far down? I'm not even I'm not even a third of the way down yet. Right. And you walk and you all that. And I think the Grand Canyon, it gives you that aha moment when you're just there. You can just you see it, you're in shock, you're in awe, you're in just utter joy um it it, danger is right there at any moment you do get that vibe um and i think that to me is something i like in ranking a park um you know i've been to the grand canyon a few times uh with you with thea with uh my parents back when i was a little kid and every time i go there i just you know you can't like you cannot turn away from it you know you you want to just keep looking 
because there's so much to look at and i it the the wildlife there is pretty good too you know you have the elk i mean i've seen those quite a bit um and I think when you, when you really talk about Arizona, you talk about going to the Grand Canyon, you have Horseshoe Bend, which I mean, is essentially part of the Grand Canyon. It's the same <laughs> river, you know, um, it's the Colorado River, just up by Page. Yeah. And you're close to Antelope Canyon, you're close to Monument Valley, the Southwest, the desert, it's, it's spectacular, you know, it's, it's a place to go. Um, and yeah, it's just beautiful. The Grand Canyon is beautiful. Yeah, the, the Grand Canyon is one of those where I, it, it was damn near close hitting my top five. Because, I mean, shit, remember, uh, remember when we were driving in? And that was my first time when it was you and I were heading out. And we were getting in to Grand Canyon. And we were like, you know what? Let's not pull out until we get to the visitor center. Because I think it was kind of getting late or something. Yeah. And we're driving the road along the south rim. And I just caught a glance of the canyon. And I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> We're pulling off <laughs> next one. Because that is amazing. Yeah, no, and I, I love that. I love those moments of, um, like, just like Tyler at the trees. Like, yeah, you're expecting it. But when you see it, it, it gives you that, like, this is, this is what I was expecting. But it wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah um and I, I like that about certain places and i think the desert the desert really offers that um beautiful uh arizona, yeah i love arizona i mean driving uh lake havasu right there you know we went down there and that's beautiful desert you know it's all beautiful yeah even that little campground in arizona that we stayed at um after we went up to monument valley I think it was after Monument Valley. Oh, in, in Page there. Yes, right. Yeah. We're right on the lake, Lake Powell. Yeah, Lake Powell. That was a pretty sweet little area. Well, and you know what? I was doing a little uh I was doing a little looking at the maps about Lake Powell and kind of where it like is on the map. It low key goes right up into Bryce Canyon. Lake Powell does? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, you know, we went from Lake Powell to Zion. Yes, and that, oh, that's a beautiful drive, too. It was. It was very beautiful. 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 This country is a beautiful country. If you guys don't understand that, that is exactly what we're preaching here. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It, it, we live in a beautiful world, you know, just, um, oh, you know what we didn't talk about um, before we started doing this, and we'll come back to it. Um, is we didn't talk about a new David Attenborough documentary. You know, and I think that's the tease. That's the tease. We ranked five and four. I think next week we give them three, two, one. And we talk about David Attenborough now. That, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm in. I love David Attenborough. <laughs> well, we got, what, 10, 20 minutes left on this? You know, we, we, got, we got like 20 minutes. So and maybe we, we'll give them three after, depending. Exactly, and 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 three's three's a good one because we both we both ranked three uh, the same, I believe. Oh, that's right, we did actually. Yes, um, and I want to. We could talk about that, however we want. But I like, yeah, I love it. I like the hesitation. I like the pause. I like the stop. Tease our oh. fans a little bit. 
Well, yeah. I, the only reason I, I it clicked in my head again was, um, you know, we we're talking about how beautiful this world is, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, by the time this comes out, that documentary will be out for a while. Um, but it's a life on this planet. I believe that's what it is. It's, it's like tell all. Yeah. It's, you know, he says it's his witness statement. So he, yep. you know, he, he talks about how the world and the environment has changed from when he first got into the biz back when they had the, um, you know, back when air travel was a first a thing. Yeah. Cameras were black and white, you know. I mean, David Attenborough's old. <laughs> He's 90 some years old. And he said, you know, and I, I like this. I like the idea of him saying it. I'm making this documentary because I want to and I want to leave my what I have seen firsthand with my two eyes I have seen the collapse of our coral reefs I have seen orangutans go from being a wild animal to only an animal that's going to be living in zoos Um, and just the things he personally with his own two eyes has seen the change in and 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 what you know has ruined that and caused that and i think it brings up a good point with you know where we're at in a society of like think of just the way we've exponentially grown in the last 10 years and think and keep applying that you know go back 100 years what kind of technology do they have how are they communicating how was messages being sent you know I can FaceTime YOLO in Uganda when he's in Uganda, like, like that. We can sit on a video chat and it's, it's in damn near instant. Heck, we have the technology from Mars to get feedback that's, you know, like 30 minute delay. You know, that's how good our technology is now. They didn't have that 50 years ago. They didn't have that 60 years ago, 70 years ago, 100 years ago. And and I think that that's something too. We don't, we never put in a, ever put in the back of our mind is like, think of the technologies and tools we have in our generation. And you have to think about the technologies and tools they had their generation to, to know what's going on. They didn't know what chopping down trees would do. They weren't chopping them down at the rates we're chopping them down at. There's 8 billion people on this planet. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you know, the, you know, the, there's one part in the documentary he talks, I'm pretty sure he's, he says it, um, where he says, you know, we, we're living apart from nature, not as part of nature. And when we need to live as a part, meaning nature and us are the same, right? We, there's, we have to understand that we are influencing it you know, and how, and we can do things, you know, if we can figure out this balance where of this take and give, we can get back to where our environment has a balance, you know, he talks about the Holocene in it, and the Holocene is like this uh, garden of Eden is the word he used, but it's, but that's like the perfect form of balance that we had in nature of the hot and the cold and the wet and the dry 
So everything was like evened out during this time. And it was a period of growth. It was a period of splendor and all of this great, amazing things. And, you know, we were out of balance right now. The way yeah. this balance is thrown, that's why shit, that's why, you know, a quarter of the state of Oregon was on fire in September. That's why, um, Again, California has been on fire the last like three falls for like bad fires. That's why we're getting these hurricanes down in the Gulf in the south, uh, southeast. It feels like they've had a hurricane like every other day down there. We're just, and that's just here in the US. I'm not even talking about the out of balance elsewhere in the world. Well, and, and I think that's a, a great topic because you know, a lot of people here in the U.S. don't think that way because they do think my world, what affects me, what, what, you know, what's going on in Australia doesn't affect me. What's going on in Patagonia doesn't affect me. And if you guys don't look at the maps and like the, remember looking at the ozone map on like that big ozone layer, like look at this rip in it. It wasn't over America. So we didn't really feel that where other places have been and were and, Look at, like, just look at the Sahara Desert, for an example, like, on a map over how it's changed in the last 50 years, you know? It's, we, we've kind of just, like, not paid attention to what we're doing, um, you know? And, I, I mean, I, I go hunting, you know, I, I eat the meat, I do that, and I, I've seen it firsthand, you know, hunting. We'll go up places, and there will be, you know, hundreds of deer in this, these areas. I would see them, but because of like hunting, because of disease, because of this happening, that happening, you know, wildlife doesn't just bounce back right away. It takes time for wildlife to bounce back. Um, like I use the Yellowstone wolves example, you know, people don't understand that bringing the wolves back to Yellowstone is a good thing. Um, for you know for a few reasons because it is that balance you're talking about and it allowed the wild honeybees to come back and pollinate the area and now now you're not seeing the elk overgraze in the park you know things like that and it's just like it all fits into into harmony and then you get a lot of people I want to hunt I want to be able to hunt the elk I want to be able to do this I want to be able to do that and then we fence fence this up fence that up and it's like we have to like live in harmony with these animals so that like society can go on, you know, yeah. we kill them off. Things start, things start to happen when animals go extinct. We're yeah, no, we're, it goes back to that balance, right? When we're in that Holocene, everything's equal. There's going to be a little bit of sway here, a little bit of sway there, but as soon as, an animal or something goes extinct it starts to creep one way and you know this habitat the rainforest gets turned into trees for palm oil starts getting a little bit heavier on one side and there's a point where we're just so out of balance that you know the earth is going to try and correct it by over by having extremes because when we're extremely out of balance you got to add an extreme change to try and get it back but we're just going to keep getting this huge sways back and forth which is why you see 
fires everywhere even in australia this last year you know that's why you see you know droughts that's why you see all of this crap that's why you see diseases pop out of nowhere you know we talk about we have a population issue you know yeah i'm one of the first people to say we have way too many people on this planet but also you know land is becoming uninhabitable and people are have large groups of people are having to move into more inhabitable so the world is large but it's getting smaller and smaller and we're going to get to the point where it just can't fit everybody and every living thing and it's sad to say because you're, you're hitting on a point why are we looking at mars why is spacex a thing why are the billionaires throwing money into space that's an exit plan yeah because they know they're going to be some of the first met they if if i can put a a, a community on mars you know i'm i'm the fucking amerigo vespucci you named the fucking continent after me i'm the you know christopher columbus you know i'm the this person that person the people who find you know that's what they become Magellan you know that's what Elon Musk wants to be yeah but you know what's like don't get me wrong I'm kind of for the space travel getting up to Mars I think that's great and all but we can't fix this planet oh 100% we're not screwed we can fix this planet we got to figure out how we can live in that harmony we can live in that balance and you know I find it really interesting and I don't know if it's just, if it's a me thing or what, but a lot of Native Americans do firefighting. They're fire jumpers. You know, you get the smoke jumpers. A lot of Native Americans do stuff like that. A lot of Native fire crews. Um, I you know I've had tons of family members who've done that stuff. I thought about uh, doing it from the Oregon fires. I legitimately thought about going into firefighting. It's it's a cool gig, tough gig, good pay. Yeah, and they do a great job. And we used to control burn, like natives used to control burn forests and fields all the time. That's why the Blackfeet have the name Blackfeet because they walked across um, burned fields, um, you know. And 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 that was part of who they were. You know, they would burn it after they go. So they, when they come back the next year, you know, your harvest is a little bit better and whatnot. It's all about uh, the soil and fertility. Yeah. And they would do control burns in the forest. So they like, they wouldn't have as big of, you know, wildfires as you do today. Um, and that's another thing that, you know, you brought it up, but it, it is the, it is the lack of, of management in places like California and Oregon and not doing those control burns. <laughs> I think more so um, you got to burn the undergrowth. That's why they get uh, so bad and out of hand. Well, yeah, no, I see the thing is, is like, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. Yeah, there's a, you're right. You know, there's, there's a management issue there. There's, there's something with the way the land is managed that's causing this. But well, it, that, go ahead. No, no, go, no, ahead. You, you go for well, it. Well, I was gonna say, well, that, but also the fact that, you know, the global warming is keeping us and climate change, you know, why, you know, we're in Montana. It's October 10th, and my cousin's swimming in a pool because it's 80 degrees out. Yeah. That should not be your October in Montana. 
I've had snowstorms October 5th. You know, it's it's one of those where, you know, a couple of years ago we're we're out here, it was 74 degrees on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. That's not good for a place like this. And that helps create, you know, when you're in a place like California where it's like, wow, we're seeing like beautiful weather going in more to the fall. Yeah, that's when those fires get out of hand and stuff because that's when those trees start dying off and they becomes drier and the hot sun just burns it out. And that's not good. That also makes them more extreme on top of everything else. Yeah, you know, there's, yeah, it's, there's a lot that goes on from the management of the forest itself to the factors we're putting into the environment you know there's there's so there's a lot of things that i think we as people don't really realize the impact we have like just the food waste alone the resources we waste and i'm not even talking about the stuff that like you may have bought at the store and you're you know say you're chopping up your whatnot your broccoli whatnot and you throw a little bit at the end right i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like when you go to the store and you're gonna go hey i'm gonna buy some hummus and it says the date on it right well it says best buy right but that's not or the expiration that there's no food safety point right if you it says 9 15 and you ate it on 9 16 it's not like that day all of a sudden neurovirus grew in the hummus you know it's they make those an fda regulation so you don't get sued yeah and so (laughs) we throw it's like these stores are throwing out all of this food you know and if you take just hummus alone right all of the lima beans the stuff that they go into making hummus like shit and that's that's just one food type, right? I'm not even talking about all the other crap that we're wasting, you know. So, shit. There's just so much. Oh, it's 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 crazy, and and I also look at it too, right? Like, I again, I go back to the look back a couple of years and really like do the math, do the research, do the understanding of how people were getting information and knowledge, how it was being passed along, and. You know, a lot of those people 70 years ago, 60 years ago, 50 years ago, right? Like they don't really understand stuff. And some of those, look at our congressmen and presidents, you know, they're 70 years old. You know, it's, it's that like they were taught a different way. So they're going to learn, to, they're going to think that way. They're going to do that things that way. Yeah. And we as a society need to like, we really need to take, put yourself in someone's shoes, literal. And, you know, understand oh that's why he thinks that way that's why he's voting that way Mm -hmm. wow it's crazy that our our um you know uh education system is flawed here here and here it's crazy that this happens here well it's the same shit that we read in the history books that's going on just in different forms you know and we got to learn from that (laughs) yeah yeah you know we gotta learn and we gotta stop being gluttons this take 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 mentality you know it's just every you just want to stuff your face i'm using the food example but it's just like this 
give me all this crap. Give me all this crap. You know, that's why people get the newest iPhone every year. All of this, you know, get the fanciest car out there, you know, all that. It's just all the new clothes or just all this. We're gluttons of life right now where we're just taking. And it's something to do, and you're right, because because it, it, it's a it's a gluttony in the sense that we want to be unique, but also so similar to everyone else because it's it's the same behaviors, it's the same wants and needs um, from the items. And I think there is there's a huge disconnect um, when you're not in nature around it or whatnot. And I and I I guess I I've been pretty lucky in my life to live in Montana and live in beautiful places like this where, you know, I drive 10 minutes, I'm in the middle of nowhere, you know, and, and I think that not a lot of people have that. So it's hard to understand that there's a lot more to this world going on and vice versa. I see it out here where, you know, the, the ignorant thinking that people have of the like me, me, me behavior because it's me, 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 rural America or me, 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 you know, this or that. And I see it like, like you got to think this country is bigger than that. This world is bigger than that. You know, we're, we're hitting and approaching a time in our lives where we can't think as a nation because this world is too goddamn important and we need to think on a worldly level, but think of all those leaders that fought and took the, the hard work and did all their hard efforts to get to where they are all throughout the world. There's 270 countries. Yeah. And now as we reach this era of like new age technology, we're realizing, Hey, things will be a lot better if we can communicate as one. And some people don't want to give that up, but I don't blame them because all the hard work you went through and how we have to work together and the disagreements and the understandings and your problems versus my problems. And the fact that, you know, like your livelihood's different than my livelihood and people, we just don't, we don't think, <laughs> you know, engage brain and think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I get it too. They don't want to lose it. Um, yeah. They're, they're acting out of a place of fear you know and i get it that's a very real emotion losing what you got you know so people are going to do what they can to keep it but they stop thinking about the damage of what they're taking can do so you know it's it's kind of yeah no i get (laughs) yeah yeah it's a bleak it's bleak um i mean i I still have hope um you know there's a lot that we can do and i that's kind of where i want to transition to more positive thing mainly because we're getting to our time and it's the final words so (laughs) you got anything words instead of final words today we're going to do words of encouragement (laughs) you know uh my final words of encouragement today um we wandered all over the place we showed you guys our fifth and fourth north american ranked parks next week we'll bring you three to one um 
and yeah, we're excited to talk about them. As we said, number threes are same. Our word of my word of encouragement uh, is don't feel lonely. I think a lot of people feel lonely sometimes, um, and it's it's easy to do so. But the reason we feel that is we don't communicate with one another. Um, and you know, if you feel that way, you want to do this, you want to do that, speak up, talk, let them know, let someone know. Um, because I think part of that, part of our world is we get so caught up in ourselves that, you know, we, we're, we're afraid to have those conversations. We're afraid to talk to those people. So, I mean, speak up and do what you want to do as always. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Reverend's final words of encouragement today. Um, you know, first, I just want to say thank you all for anybody that's been listening consistently. You guys are amazing. Um, we appreciate every little listen that we get, um, every comment that we get, everything. Uh, you know, I'm extremely thankful for where I, where I am and everything today. You know, 2020, it's been kind of a shit show. Uh, this might even not come out in 2020, but <laughs> still 2020, it's a shit show. Uh, was, is. Was, is, as are, whatever. Forever will be. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's been, it's been rough for, I think, everybody. Um, but, you know, remember, from the ashes of a fire, flowers of a new can come. So... Yeah, it's just well, shitty, but what's on the other side is something that's going to be truly, truly beautiful. We just have to remain keeping hope and don't live out of fear, live out of hope and love everybody. E L E, people. I love uh, it. That being said. Yeah.